Good morning and welcome to Simply Space. It's Tuesday, February 6th. On today's show, NASA announces the discovery of a super-Earth exoplanet in the habitable zone, and the first Israeli receives the Top Space Advocacy Group's award. Plus, we explore the origins of cosmic rays. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Space. We start off with an exciting announcement from NASA about the discovery of a super-Earth exoplanet located just 137 light-years away from our planet. This exoplanet, named TOI-715b, is one and a half times as wide as Earth and orbits within what NASA calls a habitable zone around its parent star. Here with more on this is our correspondent, Bella. Can you tell us more about this habitable zone and why it's significant? Certainly, David. NASA defines a habitable zone as the distance from a star that could allow a planet to have the right temperature for liquid water to form on its surface. This is crucial for the possibility of life as we know it. However, other factors also need to align for the planet to have a suitable atmosphere. The placement of TOI-715b in this zone puts it in a prime position from its parent star. And what can you tell us about the parent star of this exoplanet? The parent star of TOI-715b is a red dwarf, which is smaller and cooler than our sun. This allows the planet to have a closer orbit, or as NASA puts it, to crowd closer. This tighter orbit means that a year for this planet is equal to 19 Earth days. It also makes the planet more easily detectable and more frequently observed. How was this exoplanet discovered? NASA's Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite, or TESS, which was launched in 2018, discovered this exoplanet. TESS has discovered a series of other habitable zone exoplanets that can be more closely observed by NASA's James Webb Space Telescope. Is there anything else of note about this system? Yes, there might be a second Earth-sized planet in this system that could also be just inside the conservative habitable zone. If this is confirmed, it would be the smallest habitable zone planet discovered by TESS so far. Fascinating indeed. Thanks, Bella, for shedding light on NASA's recent discovery of a super-Earth exoplanet. Speaking of notable achievements in the field of space sciences, the International Astronautical Federation, or IAF, has announced that it will bestow its Distinguished Service Award upon Profer Isaac Ben Israel, marking the first time an Israeli has received this honor. The IAF is a Paris-based organization that promotes cooperation among international space associations. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent. Can you tell us more about Professor Ben Israel and his contributions to the field of space sciences? Certainly, David. Professor Isaac Ben Israel is a prominent figure in the Israeli space community. He currently leads the Blavatnik Interdisciplinary Cyber Research Center at Tel Aviv University. He also served as the chairman of the Israel Space Agency from 2005 to 2022. In addition to his academic and administrative roles, Ben Israel has held several senior positions in the Israeli Air Force and headed the Directorate for Defense Research and Development and Technological Infrastructure, which is part of the Defense Ministry. It seems like Professor Ben Israel has had a long and distinguished career. Can you tell us more about his involvement with the IAF? Absolutely. Professor Ben Israel has been a lifetime member of the IAF for 12 years. 
His contributions to the Federation and to space sciences in general are the reasons why he's being honored with the Distinguished Service Award. The award will be presented to him at the IAF's annual spring meeting in March. What has been the reaction to this announcement? The reaction has been very positive. Professor Ben Israel himself has likened the award to a lifetime achievement recognition, expressing his pleasure at being acknowledged for his work in the field of space sciences. IAF President Clay Mowry also expressed his honor in attributing this award to Professor Ben Israel, acknowledging his active contribution to the Federation's success over the years. That was Simply Space reporter, Abby, sharing a significant achievement. Speaking of significant, Earth is constantly under the shower of cosmic rays, high-energy particles that hit our planet from all directions at near light speed. Despite their regular occurrence, the origins of these cosmic rays, especially those with higher energies streaming into the solar system from deep space, remain a mystery. Here to shed more light on this is our correspondent from Simply Space. Indeed, David. Cosmic rays have been detected on Earth for over a century yet their origin remains largely unknown. These particles reach energies far beyond what we can achieve here on Earth. The mystery lies in understanding how these particles are accelerated to such extreme energies. Can you tell us more about what these cosmic rays are? Cosmic rays are streams of high-energy particles that hit Earth's atmosphere at near-light speed. They were discovered in the 1900s, and the term cosmic rays was coined by physicist Robert Millikan in 1925. Over 90% of cosmic rays are hydrogen nuclei, 9% are the atomic nuclei of helium, and 1% are the nuclei of heavy elements up to iron. There are also electrons and positrons, the antiparticles of electrons, coming to us in cosmic rays but in smaller numbers than the hadronic particles. So how do these cosmic rays get so energetic? That's the crux of the cosmic ray mystery. One suggestion is that particles could be accelerated to such energies by a shock front created when a material traveling at an incredibly high velocity strikes a slower moving medium. This would generate a turbulent magnetic field that could act as a natural and powerful cosmic particle accelerator. Such conditions could be generated in a supernova, the explosion that occurs when a massive star dies. And what are the possible sources of these high energy cosmic rays? Supernova remnants are reasonable candidates for cosmic rays that come from within the Milky Way. At the highest energies, around 10 Quersprace eV, these particles must come from other galaxies. One reasonable source of these higher energy cosmic rays is active galactic nuclei, the centers of active galaxies that are powered by feeding supermassive black holes. Another possible source could be starburst galaxies that host gamma-ray bursts. If cosmic rays come from such violent and conspicuous events in the universe, why is it difficult to track these charged particles back to their sources? The challenge lies in the fact that cosmic rays are made of charged particles that are influenced by magnetic fields. When these particles encounter magnetic fields on their long journeys through space, they are deflected. By the time extragalactic cosmic rays reach Earth after traveling millions or billions of light years, they have been deflected and redirected multiple times, making the reconstruction of their original path nearly impossible. So, how are scientists trying to solve this cosmic mystery? Scientists are studying cosmic rays across a wide range of energies, looking at everything from their compositions to their favored directions in the sky. 
They believe that with a combination of 3D modeling and precision measurements of neutrinos and photons associated with cosmic rays, progress can be made in understanding where cosmic rays come from and how they are launched with such incredible energies. Thanks for that cosmic insight, Michael. Speaking of space, let's shift our focus to the resurgence of reusable space planes, courtesy of Sierra Space. The company's Dream Chaser vehicle, currently under development, has been mated to the Shooting Star cargo module for the first time at NASA's Neil Armstrong Test Facility in Ohio for critical launch testing. Celeste, our correspondent, is here to delve deeper into this development. Can you tell us more about this Dream Chaser vehicle and its testing process? Certainly, David. The Dream Chaser and Shooting Star were brought to the Neil Armstrong Test Facility a few weeks ago. Here, the spacecraft was assembled and then subjected to several horizontal and vertical shake tests on the world's largest shaker system. These tests simulate the mechanical stress a vehicle can experience during launch and engine burns. So far, NASA reports no immediate problems with the spacecraft, but the shaking tests are set to continue for a few more days. What happens after these shaking tests? What's next for the Dream Chaser? Once the shaking tests are complete, the Dream Chaser, also known as Tenacity, will be moved to the in-space propulsion facility, also located at the Neil Armstrong Test Facility. This lab houses the world's only high-altitude vacuum chamber, large enough to accommodate a full-scale rocket engine and launch vehicle. Here, Dream Chaser will be subjected to pressure and temperature changes similar to those it will encounter during a mission. After these tests, Sierra Space plans to ship Tenacity to Kennedy Space Center for launch aboard a ULA Vulcan Centaur rocket. And when can we expect this launch to take place? Sierra Space is aiming to have the Dream Chaser on the launch pad in the first half of 2024. If successful, it will conduct seven cargo missions to the International Space Station as part of the Commercial Resupply Services Program. This would make Dream Chaser the third commercial spacecraft delivering supplies to the ISS, following the SpaceX Dragon and the Northrop Grumman Cygnus. What sets the Dream Chaser apart from other spacecraft? Like the SpaceX Dragon, the Dream Chaser is reusable. However, its Shooting Star cargo module is designed to burn up in Earth's atmosphere upon return, providing a convenient way to dispose of rubbish from the ISS. Sierra Space plans to use Tenacity for the first four of its contracted ISS resupply missions, with the latter three to be handled by the next Dream Chaser, named Reverence. The Dream Chaser has been designed to launch at least 15 times, but Sierra Space has hinted that it could last much longer. That's certainly something to look forward to. Thanks for the insights, Celeste. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Space. We'll see you back here tomorrow.